0: Podcasting from anywhere other than a jail cell, this is Soberholic, a podcast created to encourage, equip, and inspire you to overcome your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason.
1: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Soberholic. My name's Roger, and I'm here with our co-host, Jason. And Jason was just got back uh, from a trip, a mission trip, to Peru. Jason, what was it like over in Peru?
0: Well, I've been to a few countries, and that was by far the most beautiful country that I've ever been to. It was incredible. And the people there, too, just were so hospitable and just so nice. You know, I've been to Europe, and <laughs> it was not—the people do not care for Americans that much over there, And uh, but everywhere we went, the people were so amazing, and— and warm and receptive and uh it was just a, a wonderful trip um and and seeing i think the takeaway for me is from that trip was just seeing the power of the gospel to just work on its own um you know god still needs us to to spread the gospel well, he didn't need us to do it but he still chooses to use us to do it. But the gospel is powerful enough on its own um, to restore lives and and to change lives. And to see that firsthand in a context that I'm not used to, you know, not in my own church in the United States, was just so refreshing.
1: I remember the first time I ever went on a mission trip. I we went to actually it was Costa Rica. I was fixing to say Mexico. I've been there, but we went our first one to Costa Rica and. I felt kind of led to go, but there's still that ego in the back of me that I'm going to go help these people, these poor people who don't right. have it like yeah. me. And so I didn't really go completely arrogant, but there was in the back of me knowing that I had things a little better than they did, and I was going to go help them, you know. And what I found was that they blessed me much oh, yeah. more than I could ever give back
0: to them. Oh yeah, and w- while I was there, you know, just seeing. God use our team and me, um, you know, was just a humbling experience. I, I had one of those I'm not worthy to be used by the King of Glory and by God in any kind of way. Right. And but the the other side of that coin is nobody's worthy, you know, to to be used in, in furthering his kingdom at all. But uh, you know, I was really um just like in Isaiah chapter six, you know, where Isaiah is undone, I had one of those moments where you know I was just undone in His presence. Right. So yeah, you know, I sit back and I think, of course, I didn't have the opportunity to go with you guys
1: this time, but um, as I look back and think of those things, when I say there's their blessing and how we see God work, my biggest problem is that I've just never been content with what I have. And mm. I always want more. And and when I was able to minister some people, maybe you saw it too, they were happy with what they had, the smaller things in life. They didn't need um, the cars, the boats, the trucks, uh, right. all of these other things. They could walk to where they needed to get to, and, and maybe it's the world we live in, the society, the culture we live in here in the United States, that um, there's something in me, a desire to just always want more. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is about living one day at a time and and being content with what's going Mm. on in our lives today. And I I think probably our our listeners could uh, relate with that in a lot of ways. I know I've spoke with many people throughout the years that kind of follow that same school of thought that they always want more. And I don't believe it's always wrong to want more. I think that all of us strive to, to do better for ourselves. That's Really, the American dream, right? But um, I do believe that, for me especially, I I feel my my needs and my wants all about things rather than a dependence on God, and it really leads me down a wrong path at times.
0: Oh yeah, and and I think some of that um, is just the American corruption of what the gospel really is. You know, there's there's a lot of false teaching out there. Like the prosperity gospel, you know, that teaches that if you, you know, if you do good things, well, then you deserve all these good material blessings and everything. And, uh, you know, the real gospel, the biblical gospel is couldn't be more far from the truth. You know, we see Jesus talking about pain and suffering, you know, frequently in the Bible and that, that that's a part of following after Christ and, um, you know, so I think being an american um you know that's just kind of what comes with the territory is that corruption of the gospel that it is all about those material things, and that you you should get those if you're a Christian, but that's just not that's not the real gospel
1: right well I want to kind of just dive right off into um what it looks like to live one day at a time, and I think regardless if you lived in. Costa Rica or America or Peru, you, you this this applies to you. I mean, because we all face a, of how to live daily um, with our walk to the Lord. And regardless, if you screwed it up yesterday, you still have an opportunity to do it today. And if we so, stay so focused in the future, we can't really live for today. And in recovery, we hear that a lot. I mean, a lot about living one day at a time. And we kind of thought that it would be good to talk to our listeners about what, it would, what does that really look like. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ever went, well, you and I, we've talked many times on the show about how we both met each other in AA meetings. And the prayer kind of goes like this. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's where it stops, in an AA meeting. And that's what I'd always read for years. And there was times early in my recovery, that's all I could say, because I just needed to know that I could accept these things and, Lord, just give me the patience and the peace to get through this bad part, right? Mm-hmm. And But then I started going to these CR meetings, these celebrate recovery meetings, and the prayer goes on. There's more to it. Yeah, like I this mystery verse that I've always missed. I
0: didn't know that there was more to it, and I didn't know that there was an actual author to it. The Reinhold Nabar I'm so whatever. glad you
1: said his name because I was going to avoid it. have no <laughs>
0: clue how to say it. I don't know if that's right, but I think that's right. But
1: his prayer goes on to say this. After it says... God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom of the difference. His version goes on to tell us that living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. And supremely happy with you forever in the next. And so we talk about living one day at a time here, but the thing that always grabs a hold of me as I listen to this this prayer is that so that I may be reasonably happy mm-hmm. in this life, yeah. so I can be supremely happy with him forever in the next. And it, it goes on to talk about what you just talked about, that We don't always have to have everything. We're not going to be rich because we're Christians. We're not going to get everything that we want just because we got sober. Uh, If you quit doing dope, then you're going to have all these things that your friends have. It just doesn't seem to work that way, Mm, does it?
0: No. Oh, no, definitely not.
1: So I think that kind of where we can just jump into this today is talking about living one day at a time and what does that look like on a day-to-day basis and some of these principles we talk about they're easy and they're simple to say but really hard to live and if we look for a way of doing that how would you suggest we start with that? Well
0: I'd like to talk about just ways that we don't live in the the present and live one day at a time first just to kind of, you know, define what it really looks like. You know, I think sometimes it's easier to talk about how to do something wrong to define, you know, how to do something right. I would agree. So, you know, one of the ways, one of the traps I fall into with trying to live one day at a time and live in the present moment is I get stuck in thought loops in the past, um, and you know what I mean by thought loops, where you just, where it just, where you just get stuck on just thinking about something from ten years ago that doesn't even matter, and. W- you know is is totally insignificant in your in your present moment but you just get stuck thought thinking about you know it could have been where you got fired from a job 10 years ago and you start thinking well if i if i wouldn't have gotten fired from that job well then this would have happened and then then i i wouldn't have met this person and all that bad stuff wouldn't have happened in my life and then if that bad stuff wouldn't have happened in my life, well, then I probably wouldn't have gotten arrested. And if I wouldn't have gotten arrested, well, then none of this other stuff would have happened. I mean, I... I so I you will... want to
1: trace it all back down to the single event that if you could have fixed yes. it, everything would have been different.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll go on like that for like an hour, just sitting there laying at night in my bed, thinking about something from 10 years ago that doesn't even matter. If you'd only remembered your locker combination, all this would have I not happened. I know. Yeah, I would come back from <laughs> from high school after the summer and forget my locker combination. But I remember these st- stupid details from something that happened ten years ago. That you know, and then I, and then when I get stuck in that thought loop, then like a resentment will come up from ten years ago, and then I need to work a four step all over again. And so it's just whenever I'm dwelling on the past like that. It's just fraught with landmines.
1: I've never heard it called uh, a thought loop. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of relate to it as a circle of insanity. Circle. You know, and- which is basically the same thing, because once I start thinking in that that type of mentality. I um, mean it just it goes nowhere. It's never led to anything positive. So it's just insanity that kinda of goes on in my head at times. And the crazy thing, it happens in recovery as well. It's just not back when I was using dope did that happen. It happens today for me as well of, of trying to process things that way. Because I'm not living today. I'm living in what happened in the past.
0: Yeah, and I think the hard part about especially when you're early on in recovery you know, you're looking at the wreckage of, of your past and you're you're regretting, you know, how you got to your present situation. And, um, you know, you're thinking about ways that you could avoid it, which is just irrelevant because you can't go back and change it, you know? Because I, I get so obsessed with thinking about the past and my mind spends so much energy on it, you know, it's like, and then I'll remember... I can't change that. Why am I even wasting my energy on it?
1: And that's a great way of saying that, because if we do spend all of our time and resources, energy on the past, which we can't change, then we're exhausted to even try to find today. Oh, yeah. And I know one thing that I've really struggled with is just that comparison of of trying to be someone else. And I, I see that happen. Like when I got sober, clear enough to begin to think straight again, I began to look at the people who didn't go down the road that I did. right? And I look at their life and I go, wow, I did screw things up really bad. They had a beautiful family, maybe a wife, already had a house that they had already purchased, maybe new cars. I don't always see the death that comes with that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right. you know, I, I, I pictured it as the American dream, the perfect thing that's going on in their life. And I go, well, I need to have all those things and I want those things so then I start thinking of you know wow I'm a complete loser because there's no way I can get all those things back and there's either two things, and you and I've talked about it many times. There, there's little, there's very little gray area in our life. So either I try to go overboard of trying to recoup what I had lost. It may have taken a decade to lose, but I think I can get all these things back overnight. Or I just say I've screwed it up so bad I'm not gonna do anything.
0: Right, and the, and that's usually at the point where for me in, in the past in my recovery where when I'm comparing myself and, well, I should I should have all this and I should have, have that, that's where I go the opposite end of the spectrum and get stuck in the future. And I start thinking about, well, I'm going to have to do all this. I'm going to have to work a second job to make enough money to get all the things and catch back up with everybody. And so then I get stuck in the circle of insanity of the future and the possible outcomes and how to control all of it, which, you know, it goes against the very steps that I was trying to learn it's like step 3 and and really relinquishing that control to God and and letting him lead me
1: yeah, i think about um my illustrations are not always the best but what comes to mind is you and I both we've ran we've talked about running on here before and when i first started out for my marathon if if i would have thought okay i'm going to run 26 miles I would have gave up. I mean, there's just no way that I could have said I'm going to do it. So it started with me just running one mile today because that's all I could do. Hmm. And then I built that up. And so I really wasn't looking to the future, the final goal. There was like, I glanced over there to see that this was the date I had to run it on the race day. <laughs> but I kind of looked back real quick to say, okay, I just got to focus on the day to get some stamina up to get to that point.
0: Yeah. And that's the way it was with me with my marathon training, which, disclaimer, neither one of us are running whatsoever <laughs> right now. True. Uh, <laughs> but whenever I looked at that big number of 26, when I first started training, I was like, "There's no way I cannot run 26 miles." 26 is what I see on the scale now. Of pounds I've gained since <laughs> oh, so yeah. like, I quit running. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least that. But uh, but yeah, it you know when you are looking at the future and you're looking 10 years down the road and you're thinking I got to have all this and that, you, it's it's too much to process, and then it creates anxiety, and then you get restless, irritable, discontent, and then that just you know feeds back in on your addiction and and causes you to be depressed or whatever and you know that's not that's you don't want to get to that point
1: point. and how many times as a man have you for me at least i know i i i can say it even without your your approval with this one but you know i realized how much of a failure i was as a man i wasn't providing i wasn't doing any of those things so it was simply just me um mooching off the world and then when i got sober i realized that as a man there's being the spiritual leader of my home i had not been teaching my kids any of these things or or trying to to manage a house well it was strictly just me grabbing from people and then i realized as i got sober and began living again that i had fell in so many places so i, I I needed to not only learn how to live financially, or how to live in recovery, or how to—I now I had to learn how to live spiritually because I'd been dead for so many years. Mm. There was no walk with the Lord in there. So now I'm trying. In a day's time, I'm trying to learn how to to physically stay fit to emotionally stay fit, financially stay fit, spiritually stay fit. That's a lot of things to juggle in a day's time. And if you try to focus on what you didn't do last year or what you're going to do next year, it, it really is impossible. There's just no way that we could say that we're going to get all that perfect.
0: Yeah, and what's what's the saying? The best way to eat an elephant is a bite at a time? Right. Is that a saying? That is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't make it up. You don't get that okay. one. I was like, a little
1: was... Chinese proverb, right?
0: Sometimes I uh, think I'm smarter than I really am. So, welcome to recovery, my friend. Yeah. So, what are some practical ways of of being able to live in the present and take one day at a time?
1: You know, I, I don't really know exactly how to answer this question other than maybe some things that I've done myself. We hear that all the time in the meetings that we go to. Uh, we, we hear it um, even cliche, I guess, um, in, in different things that we read. But if I'm going to live one day at a time, that means I'm going to focus on today, of course. That's kind of what we're talking about. But how do I do it? In the sense of recovery, that means that I'm going to take my life and bullet down to 24-hour increments. And I enjoy planning. I'm a planning person. I budget money. We live by Dave Ramsey's envelope system. All of these things that make sense, and it's been productive in our life. I'm literally trying to plan a vacation for a year and a half, almost two years away from now. Because I know it's going to cost a lot of money to go and do what we're wanting to do for a family vacation. We've never done anything like that before. And so we're planning way ahead, um, i've planned of different just different things way out, but that 's not living today right i mean that 's making plans for the future but that 's not living in today
0: and but when I th- but what but if you if you have a a goal in the future and you have that goal broken down into weekly or daily actions while you're taking those actions. I mean, you, you kind of are living in that day. True.
1: I mean, like just for, for instance, we're talking about the family vacation. Well, it's going to take a large sum of money to go do that, and there's no way I could just wake up tomorrow and spend that kind of money. But what I can do is say, okay, well, that means we're going to have to save this much money per month, and that breaks it on down to this much money per week. And so that means that we can't go out to eat um, tonight at the Olive Garden we're going to have to go cook sandwiches tonight because that's what we can afford. If we want to go on this trip next year.
0: And that's what I liked about the marathon training is the actual running of the race. It was fun and I enjoyed it, but even, but when I finished it, I was kind of depressed because the the best part to me was the training plan. And so each day I would look at my training plan and I would see how many miles I had to run. And it gave me, a sense of peace of I'm accomplishing a goal, but all I have to do today is just run the eight eight miles or whatever it was for that day, and it helped me to not worry about running the 26. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. It's structured. Structure.
1: And if you look at recovery, it's structured. If you look at biblical disciplines, they're structured. One of the ones that we live by a lot is – just prayer and Bible reading. And I've caught myself in this that there's times that things are going good in my life, so I get away from my prayer and my Bible reading, and my life kind of gets a little more chaotic. There's no peace. I'm not going to say there's no peace, but there's not, that's not the peace I once had. Right. The joy doesn't seem to be there anymore. I find myself in a valley, and the thing that I've walked away from are these daily disciplines that I've used... To maintain my walk with with Christ, and so I look at it and i go what what am I not doing today that used to bring me joy i'm not living for today, and so what i'm what i 'm not doing are, are those very structured things that you were talking about that brought me joy and I think that's one of the things that we all need are the small bites of the elephant to get us to the bigger goals. I think that's even the reason Jesus gave us sanctification. Is if He just said, "Okay, walk away from here and never have sin in your life again," um, that would be it. Would be impossible for me to do. Right. I, I can't figure out a way to do that. Yeah, but I do know that I've got to work on this constantly with me. I've got to continuously strip these things off of me that weigh me down, and keep running the race the the set before me. Yeah, and-, and I do that by looking at those things in my life I need to get rid of. And so it's small bites of the time. It's not just doing it all in one overnight, you know, jump.
0: And I and I think you could make an argument that there's a biblical model for living one day at a time uh, as well. Like, you know, when, with the Israelites, you know, God gave them their daily manna, you know, just one day at a time, except on Friday or whenever it was, because he gave them the double portion. Is that right? Uh, you're, we're in that's Old right. Testament. No, I'm not that, real good No, in there. That's right. Yeah. He would give them the double portion so they wouldn't have to work on the Sabbath and all that. But anyway, and then in the Lord's Prayer, you have give us this day our daily bread. So, you know, having that structured, you know, um, Bible reading and devotion every day is is, is I th- I think a huge way to live in the moment because it doesn't matter to me if I had a quiet time yesterday. Like I can't borrow that f- from yesterday or from the past and use it today. It it just I found out in my experience in my life it doesn't work like that. But when I have a quiet time like i had a quiet time this morning you know and was thinking about my day and it helped me you know i think to live in the moment um and live in the present today more
1: well i I was just reading an article um that lifeway had put out i think it was lifeway i may be wrong with that it talked about things that were i forget the headline to it but Troubles that we have today with our phones and the attention our phones have, and it, it gave us it gave some examples. But the average person touched their phone or manipulated their phone with a swipe or a click or a push or a button. Like twenty four hundred times a day. Good. The top ten percent was like fifty six hundred uh, times oh, a day. Oh man! And like my wife's like, there's no way that's true. But I say that to say this: that one time, my wife and I we'd never really fasted before. We've we we prayed, but we never went through the fasting thing together. And we felt led. We did that, and I can't say we even stuck to what we were going to. But we learned this through it, and we both come to this that we would pick our phone up when we were bored and tired or whatever, and we would go straight to Facebook. Mm. And I'm not saying Facebook's the devil, but what I am saying is that I found myself always looking at Facebook, and my Bible app was right next to it. Right. Oh, yeah. And rather than going to the Lord, even in my times that I have spare time, which I'm I'm not saying we should give God our spare time, it's just we should give Him our first time. Right. But I found myself just going to these empty wells that Mm -hmm. never really gave me joy. And now I, I try to find myself, if I get angry or irritable or discontent, to go and look into God's Word. Yeah. And that's usually where I find a word from Him. And oftentimes it's not what someone else has done, it's what's going on in me. Yeah. That's where my biggest wars come from today is, is internal wars.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like what we're saying is exercising the spiritual disciplines, you know, such as prayer, fasting, um, Bible reading you know, is a huge way, you know, to stay living in the present moment. What about, you know, trying to incorporate um, having gratitude, you know, each day for, for the blessings that God has given you? How How do you do that?
1: I always go back to this sign that I read one time. Church signs. If you have a uh, a, a weird sense of humor, you can always go to a church sign oh, to find yeah, some great. crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, this one so, wasn't so much humorous, but it was just like a slap in the face. And it said, "Having trouble sleeping? Try counting your blessings." Mm. And and what that showed me or told me through that is be grateful for the small things in life and. I find that for me, when I get so focused on what I don't have, the whole thing of being content, like we started the show with, about what others have, and I compare myself to what my buddy had who didn't do drugs or didn't fall into an area of addiction, that how much better he's doing and try to compare myself to him. When I look back to what God has given me, my life is rich, man. Oh, Um, yeah. I mean, it's very rich. I am a blessed man. If I stay focused on that, and so the way I can do that is simply writing some of those things down. Oh, yeah. And that sounds probably foreign to some of our listeners and almost childish because that's the way I thought it when I first heard it. Like, write this stuff down. Are you serious? You want me to write (laughs) something down that I'm happy for? And when I was challenged to do that by my first sponsor, I, I... I said, I don't, I don't have nothing to be grateful for. There's nothing for me to be grateful for because there literally wasn't. I mean, there was, but I couldn't see it. Right. He said, are you breathing, Roger? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm breathing. So I, I do have a shot to get this recovery thing right. He said, you, did you make it here today? I'm like, yeah. And my car that's totaled out there, the front end was messed up because I drove it through a house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the whole front end was tore what, up. But that, But that was not the... There was multiple times you drove through a house, though, right? Well, there was two times. Uh, two, oh, well, <laughs> that's two, that's times. two more than most Those people. people are <laughs> out you watching
1: it. But what he was trying to tell me was it doesn't matter that your car is totaled, or, or, but it's still drivable. And there's, so there's people right now, like the folks over in Peru, that have no car at all. Yeah. So be grateful that you have something to ride on. Yeah,
0: just having that perspective.
1: Yeah, and so that's what a gratitude list has done, is, is to give me perspective. It's a great word of seeing that my life is not as bad as I think it is. Yeah.
0: And then the other way that I was thinking about that is a good practical way to live and live one day at a time is through serving others, Um I know for me, whenever I get stuck in those thought loops and I'm stuck in the past or the future, well, if I put myself into helping somebody else, I don't have to, I'm not thinking about myself anymore. Have you found that to be true? Without a doubt.
1: If if I'm helping someone else, it gives me very little time to think about poor pitiful Roger. Yeah. And that's the thing that I've learned by helping others. It's not so much that I'm out to look for the pat on the back, oh, uh, I'm helping you and I'm better than you. It's simply that by helping someone else that I'm seeing them in a a desperation or a need in their life and that by helping them, they get some relief and I get relief by giving them relief. If that Maybe that ain't the best way of saying it. But that's kind of the...
0: It helps you more than it helps them.
1: Of course. So um, without a doubt, if I, I – I I tend to be selfish a lot with my time and even my money. But I find that by giving either of those things to someone else, it's always a blessing to me.
0: Yeah, and for, for me, I, I, I probably get the most peace, you know, when, whenever I feel God using me whenever i'm serving others and helping others um there there's nothing more rewarding and fulfilling than than getting used by god uh in in his kingdom that way and so that diffuses a lot of my anxiety um about the future and diffuses a lot of my regret about the past too
1: you could talk about living one day at a time practical ways and really I know the one thing that I've learned through through living one day at a time is it's pointless to worry about the future it's pointless to worry about the past or or what happened and you know as I go through that daily devotion that Bible reading we talked about with our first point is that I think Jesus knew we were going to have these problems and that we were going to focus on on worrying and you even talk you talk about our daily bread about in the lord's prayer there's always this desire this need in our lives to always need more and just not be content not be satisfied and uh, you know i i run across that a lot with in, in you see that in matthew and it talks about in chapter six um and he and jesus says therefore do not i tell you do not worry about your life or what you'll eat or drink. Or, or about your body, um, you know, what you will wear. And he goes on to talk about the food and, and these different things. And, you know, I, I think he sees and, we, and he knows our heart that there's always this just disconnect with us. Um, maybe this— Where we're just discontent with our present situation. Maybe that's the, that really is the word I'm looking for, just discontent with everything. And so we're always striving to look for more. And maybe that's maybe that's you talking about in the very beginning how you tried to do this the, the that thought circle or is that what you called it? Um if you look back you try to find out where it all started and maybe that's where it started with me just not being content with what I have and always searching for more and rather than filling that hole in my soul with Jesus, I tried to fill it with for me it was drugs and alcohol, then it turned to sex and Um, eating, it's been a little bit of everything. And I think our listeners could probably relate with that. And Jesus sums a lot of that up by telling us that, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I I know what I I get from this passage of Scripture is that I think it's good to make plans, as we talked about. I think it's good to, to focus on some of the bigger things and in our future how to get there goals and dreams and ambitions not a bad thing but we've got to keep focused on today and what's going on today and so when it does get turbulent and difficult at times then our dependence have to be on him and not on the things around us would you agree with that well i believe that's going to kind of wrap our show up today and um you know, I hope that today we can walk out of here and live one day at a time and just take today for what it is. And I do believe that if 24 hours is too much for you today, then maybe take it an hour by an hour, a minute by minute. And that's, Sometimes all I can bear up or muster up the strength to to do is just taking it one minute, just doing the next right thing. And I would encourage our listeners listeners to do the same, is just try to do the next right thing in it all. And with all those things, um, I believe that'll wrap our show up today. And so I'm Roger, we're signing out.
0: Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out Soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.